0: Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. Hello and welcome back to Book of Leaves, an Irish podcast where I interview people who are doing something or anything good for the planet and the whole idea is me and you, the listeners, can take a leaf from their book to add to our way of living so we can live more future-friendly and in this episode we're going to be chatting to Fiona byrne Ryan. I put a call out on my Instagram account a little while ago for people to interview or topics that people want to hear and Lara McCann, who's been on the podcast before, who runs Climate Love Ireland, she suggests... Fiona, who is currently living in a cabin by a frozen lake in the woods in northern Minnesota with her husband and toddler. She quit her job and packed up and has been living in a tent for a good chunk of that time. And uh, like when I saw (laughs) someone from Wicklow ended up doing that in northern Minnesota, I was like, I have to get Fiona on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy listening to her story. They're currently in a cabin now now um for the winter and it's a 40 minute drive to the nearest shop so um the weather has also been so cold there that they have unplugged their freezer and their fridge and they just have their food sitting outside the door because Why would you need to have a fridge or freezer plugged in when the lake they're looking at is completely frozen? So that is a tip that we can all take. It's been so cold here recently, although today's a bit of an unusually warm day, but it's been so cold here recently. That's a little tip that I got off Fiona after we started interviewing, is we can all just unplug our fridges and freezers, okay? And stick our food inside the door. Now, if you do end up doing that and it gets too warm and you get food poisoning, don't sue. This is a disclaimer, okay? Just... I'm trying to help your electricity bills guys (laughs) but I hope you do enjoy this interview with Fiona I've linked everything that they mention in the show notes and of course their handles are there as well don't forget if you like this podcast do share it with a friend keep reviewing it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you haven't already and yeah it was great to see the Spotify um, wrapped and I can't believe that the year is coming to a close we only have one maybe two more episodes before this season is over and I hibernate for three months so thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to support this podcast if you can. You can support it on Patreon. I also have a buymeacoffee.com forward slash bookofleaves website where you contribute, where you can contribute once off if you haven't got the means to contribute more frequently and any donations are appreciated there and thank you so much to the people who've used that. I really, really appreciate it. Okay, I will stop babbling at you. I hope your prep for Christmas is going well. You can also search the archive here and you will find two episodes with my dear friend Kate Russell where we chatted about loads of eco swaps and things that you could do for Christmas so absolutely give those a search I think they're episodes 16 and 17 if my memory serves me right so search those if you're stuck for eco gift ideas or food ideas or wrapping and yeah here is Fiona's chat I'll chat to you after bye
1: yeah well thank you so much for having me on Cara uh, my name is Fiona Byrne Ryan and I'm from Dublin. That's where I grew up. And I went to UCD and I studied landscape architecture. That was, I actually studied social science for a year first, but then I changed and that was something that was more hands on and involved the outside world, which I loved. Um, okay. And then I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after college. And I decided then to come over to the States and do a graduate visa. And I have been in, I've been over here ever since. So I ended up meeting my oh, husband.
0: One of those one way. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm just going for the summer, guys. Just going for one term. That's. My, and were you doing architecture over there when you went? I was doing kind of like community development, community gardens and things like that. Oh, lovely. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so it's been seven years that I'm over here now. And I uh, met my husband when we were in, when I was in Detroit so we lived there for the past five years. But we are currently, I'm currently overlooking a gorgeous frozen lake, and there's snow everywhere because we're up in northern Minnesota now. Oh
0: just so exciting. That's just wild, like the fact that you're literally in a cabin in northern Minnesota, surrounded by snow, which we are now as well in Ireland. Very exciting for people who don't get to see snow often here. But that's so fascinating. So you, I'm obviously getting the hint that uh, you moved to architecture because you really love the outdoors and that. So was there a specific person... Uh, that inspired you, or a documentary or a book that inspired you to kind of love the outdoors in that way? Or was it something
1: that you just always kind of cared about growing up? Definitely something that I always cared about. I always loved being outside. And growing up, I did a lot of sailing. And I think being out well, there, well. you know, on your own in a little boat, and even you're taking the pieces of ice off the boat in the winter, and you're just, the, the, wind, the wind and the, the waves splashing in your face, I just loved that like connection. Uh, with yeah. the sea in particular, but I definitely always love nature, loving outside.
0: Lovely. And then can you tell me, how did you end up, I'm not like, it's probably a
1: long story because
0: <laughs> there, there's seven years since we've been over there, but of how you ended up, I know you're in a cabin now, but I know a lot of the time you live in a tent now with your husband and your son, your toddler.
1: So can you tell us a little bit about how and why you took that, that leap yeah, so we've been in the cabin for about a month and a half now, just when the weather started to turn uh, up here in Minnesota. And the previous ten months out of the the twelve months, the last year, we we did spend living in a tent. And this happened, I guess, when we first when I first met my husband. He was working in real estate, and with my kind of background, we ended up working together. And we were trying to do things. In real estate that were beneficial to people and it's really hard to to change a system you can't really we were were trying to change things and we couldn't um Mm. and i kind of got to a point with the pandemic where we were just like reflecting on everything and like just something clicked and we're like this isn't really what we want to do at all is it?" and it was really hard to admit that because we've been working so hard uh like growing a growing a business but once you once you really admit it to yourself there's kind of no going back and we were always very uh you know eco-conscious uh, we used cloth diapers for our son who's now three and we're always taking those steps to see what we could do what we could do better for the climate right? yeah but living in the city it just we just felt like we couldn't eat we couldn't truly understand what it, what it felt like or what it meant to be Connected to more connected to the earth, just solely by living in the city. So uh, inspired by indigenous an indigenous movement that was stopping a pipeline or trying their best to stop a pipeline that was happening up in northern Minnesota, uh, mm-hmm. we decided we were just we would take the leap. And I think it was we decided in July of 2021. Went back to Ireland and told my family that we were going to sell our house because we had we had owned our house uh all of most of our bloggings and we were going to move into a tent. <laughs> and once we told them that, uh, it really became real. And when we got back yeah. in five weeks we had packed up our, our car with everything and uh and we were off. And were, were
0: they were they worried or were they like oh typical Fiona here she is going back into the trees
1: or whatever? Yeah, you can hear my husband laughing because uh, you know, they weren't really surprised. Uh, you know, before and I first arrived to the states uh, on that visa, I ended up doing I did some traveling beforehand. I guess you definitely call it a soul searching. And I traveled around Guatemala on my own for five weeks, and you know around Mexico yeah. and things like that. So. It, it wasn't unusual, I guess. <laughs> sure, <laughs> to do something Amazing. like that, and they didn't really understand, but supportive, and that's what you need. When we first left, it was October first, and the weather was actually still pretty warm. And what we decided we would do on the way up to northern Minnesota, um, you know, for us it wasn't just about getting there; it was really about reconnecting to back to nature. Um, so we thought we'll run. (laughs) So first we were going to, we were like, well, we could run there. And then we saw that that was like 900 miles. So what we decided we would do, (laughs) that's way too long. There was this pipeline, which is called line three, and it goes from the tar sands up in Alberta, Canada. And it goes to Lake Superior, but it continues on and connects with other pipelines. And it, it carries crude oil, which is the dirtiest oil there is. Mm. And it crosses 227 bodies of water. So lakes, rivers, everything. Uh, so we said that seems like a very significant number. So we said we'd run 227 miles. And there's in America, there's a lot of like big trails. Some people might have heard like the PCT, which is in over in the Pacific Crest Trail. But there's actually one that goes from upstate New York all the way to North Dakota. And it's called the North Country right. Trail. So we just decided to start running on that. When we first got into our tent in the forest, you know, we had been living in a city near train tracks and roads and uh, just constant noise around us all the time. Mm. And then being in the tent, not hearing those noises anymore, but hearing different noises, hearing animals. And it was, like, it was a complete shock to the system. Definitely. Yeah. A whole new kind um, of culture shock.
0: Which is kind of sad, isn't it? Like yeah. just moving into the moving into a forest and you get a culture shock.
1: Yeah. And it was that uncomfortableness that we were definitely looking for. I don't think we quite expected it to be as, as uncomfortable as it was, um, particularly mm-hmm. when we crossed a bridge. Um, so I think it was about two weeks into the trip, we crossed a bridge which goes from Michigan's lower peninsula up to Michigan's upper peninsula and it crosses two of the Great Lakes. And it was like that moment where like, wow, we're not going back because the up Michigan's upper peninsula is very uh, rural. there's yeah. not many people that live really that live up there a lot of forest and you know you're getting into like wolves and bears and <laughs> animals like that for the first part, the bears still hadn't gone to sleep so we had to uh, cook our food far away from our tent. We gathered our water. Uh, sometimes we would stay at campgrounds that had a water source, but other times we mm-hmm. would have to gather from streams or we'd even you know, go to a petrol station. One of these rural ones, like, can we fill up our water here? <laughs> so you figure out ways of adjusting and Figuring it out.
0: <laughs> that's a ama- that's amazing. And like when you say you ran, so I imagine I think I read an article that you took turns doing this because obviously your son was probably with you at the time. And you're not you're not making the toddler doing laps with you. So <laughs> yeah, I think you said you took it in turns, which is a nice way to kind of hand the baton. And like it's such a it's such a amazing feat for you to have done. And then you eventually got to the camp. Was it like an activist kind of camp that we're trying to? Um, stop the the pipeline from being built,
1: yeah, so we did. it took us took us a while to get up there because along the way, we ended up um, connecting with you know, there was Northern Michigan University. We ended up speaking uh, at the university and getting on like the news, it shared, raising awareness for the pipeline, which was which was one of our goals. Yeah. Um, so it took a little longer. and then the weather did start to change. October first, the day we left, was actually the day that oil started to flow through the pipeline. So Sugar. we we didn't get to go to an activist camp or anything like that. But when we did arrive up in northern Minnesota in December, we were able to connect with um, the community that were on the front lines of the, of the pipeline at the time. We were like, OK, what are we going to do now? We're up here in northern Minnesota. It's December. When we were up here for the two weeks, they got 10 inches of snow. The temperatures got down to like minus 10. And we're like, OK, do we go south? Or do we decide to stay up here and experience what it would be like to be in a tent over the winter? And we did a a test run where we bought a big canvas tent, which was 16, 16 feet in diameter and a wood stove that we put in the middle and insulation for the floor. And we spent a couple of weeks testing it out and we were like we're 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 able to do. You're this. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we actually, but Minnesota's much colder than Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Like it could get minus fifty up here. Celsius. That is what,
0: no, hold on. Is this Celsius? Oh my god. Yeah. We're like minus four right now and everyone's like, this is so cold. I can't even fathom what that must be like. Like surely you just stop feeling beyond that.
1: I just yeah. it's bonkers. There's a difference in humidity though and that makes a big difference because it's really, really dry here. Oh, okay. So I yeah. think like this last week it's been minus 20 Celsius. Um, but like you're still, it's still like the Irish cold just like gets into your bones, you know. Like oh we have a humidifier gosh. in here. To, like, add moisture to our air. With I our to add, with not a dehumidifier. Oh, that's so funny, because, yeah. like,
0: every house in Ireland has a dehumidifier. That's, oh, my God, of course, add humid. It's just wild that, like, this is how humans would have lived for years and years and years. Like, we lived out in all seasons. So to hear stories of people going back to that, for that to be unusual. But then again, for a lot of people, it's not. Like, there are a lot of uh, Indigenous communities that are still living that close to nature, which I guess is kind of a segue in, because I know... You work a lot with indigenous people and you and like that their kind of like teachings and knowledge is something that you guys want to document and and propel further into into the world. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So my my husband, he's Mohawk, but he didn't grow up on a reservation. His reservation is actually up in Canada that's not where their original lands were. Their original land was in upstate New York with the Adirondack mountains, which is supposed to be a beautiful area, but they sided with the British in the revolutionary war who lost. So they got moved up into a different part of up to Canada. Um, right. But it's like, we'd gone to the res and, you know, gone to powerhouse and things like that, but he was definitely very detached from a, a bigger understanding of what it was to be an indigenous person and he felt very strong he feels very strongly uh, towards that that part of him so ever since we met like I've definitely encouraged him like like learn more and as he was learning I was learning a lot more and it resonates a lot with us mm. um the way the people live and gosh learning about what's actually happened over here and is still happening it's Quite yeah. hard to to comprehend and to understand, so when we decided to like let go of our real estate business, there was always this kind of thought like it would be so cool to like go around and document voices of indigenous leaders and and learn more about those old teachings because like there's a there is a good bit on YouTube and things that you can you can find, but there's there's so much more knowledge there that we would we would love to learn about, so that was this idea that we had. And um, when we came up here and joined, we ended up joining an Ojibwe community up here on the White Earth Reservation. And so, for the past, we were here since March. For March, for two months, we volunteered. We took over a greenhouse, and this was actually the only two months that we spent out of our tent <laughs> because they needed us to live. There's a room associated, connected to the greenhouse, and mm-hmm. um, we had to keep the wood stove going to keep. Uh, the greenhouse warm and so after the two months we were thinking like we documented our whole trip our whole uh experience running through the forest and we made youtube videos and we kind of gotten into a good swing of making videos and we were really enjoying it and so we we suggested to the to the woman who's kind of the leader here we can make videos for you and she loved the idea so that kind of that became a thing and we're still making videos for her community now and then somebody it told us about this environmental data justice grant and she was like you can apply for it for media um so we ended up applying for this grant in july and then we found out that we got awarded it so it's oh, amazing uh, yeah this is really 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 cool so and the project would be to go around to indigenous communities and document their stories
0: what a dream so,
1: for you guys that's amazing that is so cool So that was something that we had you know you know, dreamt about years ago and now it's kinda it's happening now. Yeah. So it was a fifty thousand dollar grant. So we actually bought an old camper van. It's from nineteen seventy-four and we're renovating it into like more of a studio space. Because we still love living in the tent, but if we're going to be going places, you know, and interviewing people and things and doing podcasts, yeah. have a creative space is going to be important. And then I'm actually pregnant again. <laughs> so How are you oh congratulations. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> So having an extra space, you know, having another child living in a tent, it'll be, um, it'll be helpful. So yes, so the project which will start at some point next year, I'm not sure exactly how everything's going to unfold. Can never nail down anything any times, and mm. everything just happens when it's supposed to happen, which is difficult for my Irish family because they're like, "When are you going to come home?" <laughs> I feel it's the right time. Just trust me. Yeah, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that, yeah, going to different indigenous communities and, and documenting. And then we started to realize, like, what was always very difficult for us, what looking at things on YouTube and learning and seeing all these cool projects was actually connecting with the people who are doing the projects mm-hmm. even on our whole trip our running which we called running into a new earth it was re- it, like you'd reach out to people and you may not get responses and you know it's a lot of effort to reach out and, and try to build connections with people and it was it's always been kind of a challenging thing so we hope to bridge the gap with making these videos and allowing people who are watching these videos to be able to connect with the people who are telling the stories Whether that's just getting on a Zoom and asking questions or providing education in the future, but definitely connecting people. And then maybe possibly in, you know, the next step would be to actually get people to go to these Indigenous communities and sustainable projects and farms and help and get that experience. Because I think that's really the biggest part of trying to change anything is understanding projects and understanding different ways of living and being able to like be a part of it yeah like be a part of the change that you want to see but like to actually step in
0: and work with your hands because I guess there's only so much that reading about it can do but also like if there are communities that could do with help like realistically you would be gaining so much by going there as well the knowledge that you learn the people that you meet and the your upskilling but just being around people and seeing how like perhaps non-hierarchical structures or people can just have like a really healthy relationship with nature and not want for anything, I guess. So yeah, you've, you've probably seen a lot of that. And I guess what, what kind of living do you even call, cause it's not nomadic cause you're not like just traveling around. It's just like this, this uh, living in nature. Is there anything that like really surprised you? Did you kind of know how you would manage your food and everything like that?
1: Yeah, I guess, well, it is slightly nomadic cause we don't actually have like a home base per se We could be moving on at any point, but, you know, you just, you stay somewhere until you're guided to go somewhere else. And actually, there's a a random little point on that that's quite interesting, is that South Dakota is the only state in America that you can become a resident of as a nomad. Oh, no way. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, because we technically don't have like a home address. Like we're in this yeah. cabin at the moment, but then we'd be somewhere else next or we're yeah. not having an address cuz we're in the tent in the forest. <laughs> when in in America and I, I I think it might be the same at home, but like you can't get a driver's license, you can't get insurance, like yeah. all those basic things or vote, you need an address to vote. So we are now yeah, South Dakota residents. <laughs> Although we hadn't actually been there before we became residents. It's this weird thing I think that's that's so good that they can do that
0: that's that's really really cool but yeah sorry I interrupted you what was there anything that kind of like surprised you um in it that, or that you found like kind of challenging uh from I don't know food or, or kind of like day-to-day facilities or anything in that regard yeah
1: the winter experience was something else I'm not like sure exact I'm not sure if we would do it again because it was very challenging in many ways but it was also the most wonderful experience that we've ever had in our lives. We were actually on somebody's land, but we were uh, down and near all this forest. We would go into this forest and we would um, gather felled trees, or we would call them second purpose trees because they still had purpose to them. But we'd have to learn what trees would work and what trees wouldn't work. um, The different types of trees, what would burn better. You know, maple is really good at burning. If the trees were cured or not, uh, because you have, you can't, burn wet wood and um, so that was a wonderful experience and it grew this relationship with the forest that we hadn't quite expected because mm. trees are there to provide so much for us and humans have been building fires with wood for so 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 long it's part of like how humans evolved mm-hmm. and so being able to go out and gather our wood and then sit beside our little wood stove that had uh has glass on the front of the two sides so you can see the the burning light, and just sitting there in the evening and having no internet, (laughs) no phone signal, you know, actually we didn't have much interest in reading or writing, it was just to sit and just be there in front of that, in front of that fire. There was one moment over the summer, over that winter, where I just got this like overwhelming feeling of belonging to the earth. And it was something that I'd like, you know, understood before, read before, like, yeah, I get that. Like we are the earth, you know, we breathe the air and uh, things like that. But it was just like this, like really overwhelming feeling of like, oh, I I understand on like a much deeper level now. And that was really a nice experience. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Like we didn't have, uh, you know, everybody always wants to ask about the facilities, you know, we haven't had, uh, you know, a bathroom in a while. And it's weird to really talk like about using the bathroom outside and stuff. But
0: but it, like when I go and come, we never went on foreign holiday trips. Uh, yeah, I guess obviously I'm thinking more of like getting get water. But like you're saying, you already said about the water and like recharging devices. But yeah, bathroom, I'm like, you go dig a hole in the ground. <laughs> you go dig a hole in the ground and like you, you use some leaves and you'll be fine. Because we, yeah, we never went abroad. So we always just went camping. So I was kind of like to use to that cuz like when you're not like a big population of people the forest can take that so yeah it's
1: actually I, good for the forest really like you're composting actually
0: nutrients <laughs> free there thanks forest it's a it's a give <laughs> give give relationship but cuz i know you guys were like uh, documenting all of this as well so were you kind of was there like a local library or somewhere that you could go for like recharging things or did you have solar panels or anything like that
1: Yeah, we didn't have solar panels. We did have a generator. um, So we were able to charge things a little bit. Uh, Solar panels, definitely uh, something that we're we're saving up for. And the battery and everything like that, because that's going to be really, really cool. But yeah, so there was a local town. And uh, I think this is definitely something that we learned a lot was that, okay, so we're so comfortable with this space and a tent. When it comes to like bathrooms and shower, like showers and things like that, communal showers is the best thing. Like we were just we were members of a YMCA, which is like a gym. They're non profit gym organization and over here, and so we would go there, we'd work out, we'd use their Wi Fi, and we'd shower. And I was like, I don't have to clean a shower anymore. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Amazing, yeah. involved when it's you know you don't have, when you're using more communal things and. We really like that that way of living. Like right now, in this cabin that we're in before we moved in, they winterized it. So we still don't have water. Gosh! <laughs> so we use we use the shower in the house that's beside us, where other people live. That just feels really good.
0: Yeah, but that and again, we've t- I've talked about this in the podcast before. how like that's a, such a normal way of living. You know, the whole saying of it takes a village to raise a kid. Like it's we we're not used to having fenced gardens and closed doors. Like it just really fascinating. Now I know, obviously, this wouldn't suit
1: everybody. Have you ever thought about doing it here? Yeah, I have. No, it's funny too. And um, my sister always said, she'll say like, "You're living the dream, like it's just the best." And you know, I'm thinking like, "Yeah, but you wouldn't do this." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like yeah. you like your comforts and and things like that. But you know, I, I read something. Uh, I was doing some research about forests recently, and you know, Ireland used to be covered by like, was it eighty or ninety percent forest? Mm-hmm. We were all forest. So I think to be able to live off the land in that sort of way where like you're able to get trees and stuff that's just not really as possible I feel in Ireland I and mean, I just know in the States too like camping's such a big thing so there's all these like random campgrounds everywhere where you can oh, nice. go and stay I didn't camp in Ireland growing up you it sounds like you have a bit more experience with that yeah. um like do you do you think you could do it in our like no because there's so many we got away
0: with i guess the odd time going into like a fo- a forest or something but you wouldn't it wouldn't be long before someone would come along someone else would come along you know and it could be like a big group of of teenagers or it could be like another family on holidays so there was this one spot somewhere that we used to go but then outside of that it was like we would go to camping on Ackle Island um, a couple of times and we would camp in the every August a family of our a family friend of ours had like a big weekend camping thing when invite all the friends so there it would be like a little mini festival just with all of these friends in their garden and stuff like that. But yeah, it just doesn't feel like there's enough enough land and a lot of wild land does unfortunately it ha- does unfortunately have like a lot of like no trespassing and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, the way that they're so strict with camper vans, they're so strict with um tents as well. And there are a lot of unfortunate anti-traveller laws. So for for people who aren't from ireland like we have like a community of people who are called travelers in ireland and they would like settle in like mobile homes and they would have traditionally been very nomadic but there's just they're kind of discriminated against i guess like a lot of indigenous people all across the world are and there are these really discriminatory laws set up to prevent people like setting up camp somewhere for any kind of amount of time, which is really unfortunate. Like I do know that there are people living more and more off grid from living on barrages to just living in eco houses and eco houses themselves are like becoming so popular. But again, it's the the land finding the space for it because all of it is either Quilche, Sitka Spruce, Monoculture Forest or land for for grazing animals, which is very unfortunate. But I do remember when I was in America, I was in America once and I went to visit my brother in Vancouver and got the bus from there to Seattle. And on that bus journey, I realised the scale of the US. I was like, this place is huge the way it just goes on and on and on like in all directions and I thought we were relatively close to the to the see and i was like oh my god no wonder you have all these true crime documentaries coming out on netflix and people gone missing like there's so many places to hide (laughs) like i just couldn't get over the size of it so i think that is like a big benefit of doing this somewhere like doing what you're doing in somewhere like the states but would you have i guess any kind of tips if if anyone is thinking of doing of uprooting and even like moving abroad to do something like this to kind of to take the leap or do it gradually or would you have
1: any tips at all yeah i guess as well there's a lot of judgment uh, mm. you know, on our youtube videos and stuff too where we get comments like oh my god child abuse you know bringing in your kid oh and out of a house and into a home and like a lot a lot of trolls and stuff i definitely think being over here and not being in ireland i've been like separated a little bit from that social judgment bit mm. i think a little bit and I feel like I have a little bit more free reign to like not really care as much about what people think. I think that, I think that's definitely helped me a bit. I don't know growing like in Ireland, like I was definitely always caring what other people think or like, you know, you'd be considered homeless, (laughs) you know, if you're going to do an homage, if you're going to do that in Ireland and that would be, what people would be judging you on but it's funny even still I would get messages I'm just delighted you're out of the tent now you know (laughs) like people still just like
0: you weren't in it Barbara I was happy in there like
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm the happiest I've ever been and you know even at night now like sleeping in the cabin if we wake up it's harder for us to fall asleep or like our minds will start going we were in the tent we slept so, so good slept, every you night. You about that background
0: noise like that. The noise of a forest is like scientifically shown to like calm your mind. It's why forest bathing is getting
1: so big. Like it slows down those thoughts. And so, yeah, no wonder. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. Yeah. and no, So I guess any advice and stuff like I guess the original plan was kind of like to get a camper and to get a bigger car because we didn't we don't have like a very big car. So we were we were jammed <laughs> like with everything so it was like not waiting not waiting for everything to be ready or perfect and it's funny now how we're like two years later and things are actually kind of panning out in way better way than yeah. we could have ever imagined like it's actually all those like thoughts are kind of coming true now Um <sighs> but yeah not to wait and I think as well with everything with Being more eco-conscious, it like takes a lot of effort to be to learn about anything, and to be like, oh, that's not right. I'm going to change that part of myself, or like, Mm -hmm. or you know, change my decisions. And I think with you know living off-grid, like we're not at at all where I think we you know, at all where we'd like to be with living off-grid. But you know, you step by step, and you learn a bit more, and you do a few more things, and it's like it's definitely it's a process and being okay with the process and not caring what other people think I guess (laughs) oh my gosh
0: yeah that is a big thing like no matter what you do even if it's showing up at a protest or living in a tent someone is going to have something to say about it like so yeah you just have to disregard that i guess but when it comes to supporting indigenous communities and the the work the name of the website is unheardearth.org that's what you're kind of working on that, that you got the grant for and everything which yep. is brilliant that's something that people can keep an eye on but what for people who want to kind of support people who are living this way and then living in close connection with the earth be them indigenous communities or various kind of villages across the world like how can we do that because obviously I'm we're, I'm very far away from you right now so I can't like rock up and help but like a
1: build one day so are, are there other ways that people could like help and support yeah I think definitely the first thing which was the first thing that you know I started doing was like learning you know, learning about what's actually happened over in America and what's happened to the the different uh, communities. I think that's like, that's kind of what, I found was my first very my first step in kind of understanding because uh, I don't think you can really grasp it all <laughs> it's yeah. just like yeah America has extremely dark history that yeah. I wasn't fully aware of I remember when I was actually I was actually in Cuba before I came to the States on my graduate visa and um, with a friend and we had met these, a couple from were they from Germany uh, I said I'm going to the States for a year you know I'm so excited and he was just like why and I'm like what do you mean like America's great, right? Oh, gosh. And then I just learned that like, me, nah, it's not it's not really great in a lot of ways. But, you know, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that is happening over here. And I guess getting involved, well, you know, we're we're starting this nonprofit in and the goal is to share good things that are happening. Yes, share the climate injustices because that's very important for us to understand that type of stuff. But also um this nonprofit and the project is focusing on the, the grant was awarded for a project called Voices of the New Earth. And that's the people that are really doing like things that will just like you know make you feel like yes okay we can do this. <laughs> um and connecting people anywhere. With those people so that we can all learn because the world should not just be a one way, one way system. There should be many different ways where we can live and every single person's vision, whether you're, you know, a teenager or you're an elder, everybody's vision is important. And all of those visions, when they come together, that's really what's going to be good for the for the world, our our unheard earth. Is definitely going to be focusing on. So before we head out in the field and start to reach communities, we are currently starting to put together stories. So like, there's just so much that we've learned over the last while. And it's like, and making them into videos where it's like, you're giving context of a history of a place. The one we're working on right now is about the last undammed river in Manitoba. So Manitoba <laughs> is a big province in Canada that has 91 lake rivers. And there's only one river that's not dammed. What the And that heck? kind of sent us in this huge big wormhole. So we've done like all this research about like the history of dams, which I didn't have a clue about really, into like a bite-sized video that's like, yes, okay, explaining the injustices, but also we're going to share, we share projects at the end of them. So Brilliant. Um, yeah, so that'll be, it'll be good for people if they want to start learning more to follow those. Yeah, I totally agree with
0: you. And then what if, so if we jump into the future and, everything is actually okay and we have like the climate crisis isn't a thing there's no human rights injustices there's just normal everyday romantic conflict and what have you the world has worked out what is one of your favorite things about the future when when you imagine it
1: oh that everybody's happy (laughs) (laughs) that everybody's happy it's not under stresses and pressures of the way we have to live up to things in today's world and uh, and to be able to drink water from like fresh water from streams like Minnesota is 10th state of 10,000 lakes and they're all polluted oh be able to like go down to a stream and just be able to drink it
0: <laughs> i love that wash it like that there's nothing like cold fresh stream water and when you're on like a hot sweaty hike and you just splash it everywhere and just fill your water bottle up and you're like yeah i can do this i'm in sync with nature like those little seven stones imagine that in the future yeah absolutely Where we could where the liffy we could even go down and drink out of the liffy because the liffy wasn't polluted guys this could happen <laughs> you just gotta <laughs> imagine it first amazing um okay so before we go we're going to do some random questions if you want to pick a letter of the alphabet okay l was the first letter that came to mind there we go what item have you had the longest
1: oh oh i have a a jumper that i wear around like lounging and it's from when i was 12 i was doing sailing competition (laughs) down in cork and uh, i won a race and my dad bought me this jumper (laughs) And I, and I still have it and wear it. That is so
0: cool. See, good clothes can last. That's amazing and deadly. And um, would you like to pick another letter?
1: Okay, uh, S. S.
0: Oh my God, give us a book recommendation. I was going to ask you this anyway, so there you go.
1: <laughs> I did see that one of your book recommendations was Eckhart Tolle, uh, A New Earth, which mm. I absolutely love. So and good. But since that's already on your website, uh, I definitely recommend Amakara by John O'Donohue. So he is an Irish, I guess, philosopher. And um, I, I think he might be past now, but it's explaining Irish spirituality. And like I had been learning about indigenous spirituality. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's like the same thing, <laughs> you know. Wow. And I loved reading this book when I was in the, you know, in the tent over, this, I think I started it in the fall, in autumn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, look at you, my autumn. gosh, <laughs> she's so American now, <laughs> guys. Um, I, I like the word fall though, because you're like it all the, is so. trees, all the, the leaves, not fall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, that's you were really reading, the book, book. Okay, reading the book then, okay, yeah. interesting.
1: And you just like could read a page and just like sit with... With the depth of what it means, and and then have to read it again the next day. Like it's a really beautiful book.
0: Amazing! I'll have to add that to my list and have a go at that. That is so fab, Fiona. Where can people then keep up with the adventures that you and Brandon and your oh gosh, soon to be family of four? That's so exciting. So, <laughs> what what are your handles and your and your website and all that?
1: Yeah um so our Instagram and YouTube handles are we are Brandon and Fiona our website we haven't got our YouTube up and running for Unheard Earth yet but that is Unheard Earth we we have the handles for the YouTube and the Instagram on those too brilliant i'll
0: link all those in the show notes anyway so people can just like scroll down and click them and make your their lives easier but thank you so much i can't thank you enough for giving me your time on this lovely snowy north minnesota morning i really really appreciate it so thank you so much
1: fiona yeah thanks for having me really enjoyed the really enjoyed the conversation
0: Okay, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Book of Leaves with Fiona. Everything is linked below. You can find um, their Instagram and their YouTube and their website and everything. So make sure to check those out if you haven't already. And yeah, oh my God, the next time I talk to you guys, it's going to be 2023 with the last episode of this season, season four. Thank you so much for tuning in all this time. I hope you have as lovely a Christmas as you can. Be nice to the staff working um, if you see people being stressed try to be nice be extra nice um as someone who works over christmas sometimes it can just be really stressful for people um so yeah i hope you stay as safe as you can and mind yourselves mind each other mind the planet and i will talk to you in 2023 see you guys in two weeks bye